happy Friday. If it's not Friday where you're at, pretend it's Friday and be happy about it because it's the end of the week. It's week 13. Week 13, going to be lucky or unlucky for us this week. This is the week 13 DraftKings preview show presented by Prize Picks on the Mayo Media Network. Before you do anything else, even if you're driving, pull over to the side of the road. It's fine. Pull over to the side of the road and smash the like button for us. Subscribe to the Mayo Media Network. And remember, prizepicks.com. Fun little game using DraftKings scoring. You pick the over or under that you think that player is going to score on their DraftKings point line. If you enter code MMN, you'll get a $100 deposit match. It's Thursday. It's usually me and Toe Tag and Tambo. Toe Tag and Tambo, though, he's taken South Beach by storm. He's down trying to become the king of the beach. There's some politics involved, but it's mostly fantasy football for Tambo. I'm sure he's going to come out on top or close to it. So thankfully, I've got another one of my Run Pure Sports colleagues, Bobby Gomes, who you guys all know. Bobby comes in here. Great information, great prize picks. I'm excited to introduce him once again. Bobby, how's it going on a week 13? And forget about anything else. It's happy Friday. Yeah, it's a great day, JT. Glad to be here with you. I'm rooting on Tambo as well. Hope he takes down the king of the beach. Bring it bring it home for the boys, the championship king of the beach. Like, got to get some nice accolades there if you end up taking down KOB. So, uh, like that, wishing Tambo the best and ready to hop into some Week 13 stuff. Yeah, you, you absolutely get some accolades. You get some money. He's got a trophy in that new setup that he has that it looks almost like it's kind of like a black light or blue light or whatever it is, but he's got his King of the Beach trophy back there, whereas I just celebrate other champions like the Atlanta Braves right behind me, but we'll digress and move into week 13. But before we do that, you've got to know, you got to be entered, you got to be playing every single week, the Mayo Media Network Prize Picks Contest. Very simple, you make five picks, $7.11 has to be your wager, there's some significant prizes at the end of the year, $3,000 for first, and so on and so on. And if you've been playing every single week and you finish absolutely dead last, there's even a bonus for that. So go to prizepicks.com, enter code MMN, get your $100 deposit match. And then for this week, for Sunday, including the Sunday night game, but not the Monday night game, you enter five picks for $7.11 and you're in the mix. Bobby, let's start right away. Let's dive right in. I think you may have been on the show last week, actually. How'd your prize picks do there? And what do you like for this coming week 13? I don't know. I think I was on two weeks ago. I forget what, what I had, ended up having. Uh, but yeah, I think I think I went one one of one. So we'll try to go two and oh this week. Uh, I like Tom Brady, the over 295 and a half on prize picks. I think DraftKings Sportsbook had him at 303 and a half. So you're getting pretty significant line value there. Uh, and then Joe Mixon, over 80 and a half rushing yards uh, is the other prize pick at the running back position that I would play this week. Yeah, Tom Brady in a smash spot against my own Atlanta Falcons. But we all know you play the opposing quarterback, especially coming off a performance where he was very popular, especially on DraftKings, even at an elevated price point, but it was Lenny Fournette, Uncle Lenny, who had perhaps the game of his career, and as a result, Tom Brady did not do as well. 
like that pick quite a bit. I like Brady quite a bit this week. And then when it comes to Mixon, we're going to talk about him a little bit more at running back because there's some really difficult decisions this week at the running back and wide receiver positions. There's some good value, but there's also some really, really enticing spend-ups. But where I want to start on my prize picks is down low. We've seen this, the Millie Maker, the higher dollar contests, these 7 and 8K quarterbacks, even if they're putting up big scores, they're just not getting it done because their receivers are going off, because running backs are going off every single week. So I'm going to start with a lower price quarterback who I think the line is just too low. He hasn't hit this every week, but he's hit this in weeks where he's in the type of environment where he's in now against a middling defense in a great environment, a dome. Who am I talking about? Taylor Heineke for the Washington Redskins. This guy can also rush a bit, a little bit concerned about his rushing upside. But the other thing about Taylor Heineke that I like this week and why I like the over on his 232 and a half passing yards on Prize Picks is because he's got all his weapons back. Terry McLaurin is healthy, looked pretty good in their matchup against Seattle. They just didn't need him because you can run all over Seattle, which we'll talk about also when we get to running back. But he's also got Logan Thomas, one of the best feature receiving tight ends in the NFL. I don't think it's even going to be close. I think he's going to get so over 232 and a half. I think he gets the 300-yard passing bonus on DraftKings as well. Moving on to my second pick, it's going to be someone that you can pair with your guy, Bobby, Mike Evans. Mike Evans, Tom Brady connection in Atlanta. I like this a lot. Mike Evans over 56 and a half yards. I think they smash this Atlanta Falcons team on Sunday. Bobby, what do you think of those? And then kick us off at quarterback. Yeah, I really love the Evans call. I think he's interesting just for the line and prize picks. And then in DFS as well, I think Godwin's going to be probably the chalkier of the two options. So I kind of like Evans in that spot. Um, and then in Heineke's props are great. Like, and he's done well. He has rushing equity in DFS. Uh, really like him throwing over the number though. Uh, and yeah, I have McLaurin, Logan Thomas, um, and Antonio Gibson, who we'll talk about as well. Um, I think they're all, I think the red, the football team is an interesting, uh, tournament pivot in DFS this week. Yeah. I like the Washington stack here. I like, Heineke to McLaurin and you talked about Gibson let's get into quarterback I know that you're on Tom Brady who else do you like here at this position it's I think there's a couple of positions I think quarterback is one and I think running back and tight end are the others that are pretty loaded in terms of options this week where do you see yourself starting out at quarterback well you hit on one of them I like Heineke if you're paying down like that's kind of been the trend the way prices have kind of been on DK uh, Derek Carr in that same game, I think he's in a really good spot at 6K. I uh, really like him. I think the medium projection QB and cash game projection guy that a lot of people are going to play is Justin Herbert. He's looking like the highest owned QB. So that's interesting. But I really like Brady. Like Brady was someone who was a lot of people were paying up for. Construction is going to force people to maybe pay down in tournaments. And the other side of Brady in tournaments is it's tough to run it back with these Atlanta guys and everyone wants to run it back as much as they can in large field GPPs, but we've kind of seen that it's not really as necessary as maybe people make it out to be. So 
I think Brady will be be owned. Like, I'm not saying he's not going to be owned, but I just, in terms of construction, going back to him after he burned a lot of people last week, I didn't think it makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I've heard a lot of the arguments for stacking, and I don't disagree with any of them, except to the point that in today's NFL, with the restrictions on hard hits, with the restrictions on hits to receivers, on touching the quarterback at all, there's points scored in every single game. Even the worst games, there's going to be a player or two who have an outlier performance. And if you can find that player, then I think stacking is a lot less inevitable, especially you talked about it last week. Everybody stacks Brady and Godwin or Evans or Gronk. Gronk, great day. But it was Leonard Fournette who had the biggest day. So if you stacked Brady with his receivers, you really didn't do all that well. And then Carson Wentz, he throws a 60-yard pass to what, the fifth wide receiver? I mean, the kickoff guy, I think, is the guy who catches it. So it makes it it makes it makes really tough. And if you can just pick these spots, these good games, I think you're going to be in, in a good position. Speaking of spots and good games, a quarterback that I like that I think is someone that I'll have some exposure to. I won't be overweight on him because I don't know how the Los Angeles Rams are going to handle this. Daryl Henderson is questionable. They still do have Sony Michelle there. But we've seen this season – in games where the Rams are in control, they let Stafford throw and throw and throw. And those have been his upside games in games where it's not a back and forth, but it's one where they're basically out in front most of the time. What do you think about Stafford? And what do you think about the Rams this week? We kind of talked about it a little bit pre-show. Like the Rams have played down to the competition. Stafford's been kind of, it seems like he's beat up, right? I like Cup. Cup's performance has been down relative to how he was earlier on in the season. Like he was all world last week. Not so much. I don't mind going to cup here. He's not going to be owned. He's pricey. I don't mind Cooper cup. Don't mind OBJ and don't mind Stafford. If everyone's going to be down on him Uh, and that same, like, I think you make a case for Henderson, but I think Henderson will be played, but Henderson's right in that middling kind of price range where I think is good for tournaments. Uh, where is Henderson? I'm not even seeing him on here. I think he's 6-1 on DraftKings. And one of the things I said last week why I was off Henderson is he's kind of struggled in close games. He struggled in games where they're playing from behind. Where he's done really well, think about the matchup and the game he had against the Houston Texans. In games where the game is not in question and he's getting a ton of run and there's no opposition or limited opposition from the defense, of course, he's been very good. So moving to running back, Henderson is an option. Don't know if I get there, though, because there's some other guys that I think are in great spots. I'll start off with my guys, and I'm going to start with Eli Mitchell. Had a great game last week against the Minnesota Vikings. Kind of expected if he played, he was going to do well. I actually liked Jimmy Garoppolo last week. I liked the pairing with him and Debo. Debo worked out fairly well. Jimmy Garoppolo threw an interception at the end of their first drive, and then they went run heavy, which is really what they want to do. Now they get a matchup against the worst team in the NFL against the run, the worst team in the NFL against the pass to the running back, and that's exactly what they've been doing with Eli Mitchell. So I like him quite a bit. I like Jamal Williams a little bit in that matchup between the Lions and the Vikings because we've seen that Jared Goff has been completely unable to get any traction throwing the ball down the field. And I think they'll throw 
Jamal Williams right into the DeAndre Swift or very close to that role. And Williams at a 5.4 price point on DraftKings is very interesting. And then the last guy that I'll mention that I like is Antonio Gibson. Big game against the aforementioned Seattle Seahawks on Monday night. He's just 5'7". Looks like J.D. McKissick is questionable. Might miss this game. If he does, I'm going to be very much in on Antonio Gibson. And then one of your guys, the prize picks, Joe Mixon. I want to talk about him. I know you like him. I kind of like him too. Up top, you've got Jonathan Taylor. You've got Joe Mixon. And then you've got in that same game, Austin Eckler. Here's the thing, Bobby. I want to get your thoughts. Joe Mixon, is touchdown regression coming? He's got in the box two and three times. Last couple of weeks he's played. His price is all the way up now to 8-1. Is this someone that we continue to play simply because he's going to be the feature point, the focal point of the Cincinnati offense? Or is there a point where you say, you know what? It's going to be Joe Burrow's week, and he's going to get Jamar Chase and T. Higgins and Tyler Boyd involved. Yeah, so I really like the 80, the yardage prop on prize picks. But I'm in the same kind of thought pro- – I'm of the same kind of thought process as you. There is going to be regression to the mean in terms of Mixon's touchdowns. So when Herbert's going to be pretty much the chalk QB, the first run back that everyone's going to play is Joe Mixon. That's They're going to go right to the running back. So in DFS, I probably will have very little Mixon. I'd rather play a Chase or a Higgins or a Zoma or get, just guys that are – going to differentiate a Herbert stack because Herbert's going to be around like 15%. If you're playing higher field stuff, he's going to, that's going to double. So yeah, I like the Eckler call a lot and Elijah Mitchell. We're on like a lot of the same running backs. You hit on Antonio Gibson, like they hit on that middling build where if you have Williams, you're the majority of people that play Jamal Williams are going to pay up to Jonathan Taylor at nine, two, who's, who's in a fantastic spot, but now he's a McC- he's at a McCaffrey price tag. So not that I don't think he's getting the workload and the usage he is, but I know that with the ownership that Williams is going to get, a lot of those teams will have Taylor. So I think building out a middling build like the one that you seem to be on is the way to go in tournaments, especially at the running back position. Yeah, Taylor's an interesting question too, because he doesn't quite, he doesn't quite, he definitely does not get the workload that McCaffrey has been in the passing game, so you're relying at that 9-2 price point, what do you need? 100 yards, two touchdowns, 140 yards, two touchdowns, right? Something like that. And is this a game that's going to be competitive, do you think, Indianapolis and Houston? So that's the thing. Like, I, the spread would say that it's like Houston's been absolutely atrocious. I think seven-point favorite the Colts are. They're in Houston. My thing is, like, I don't want to transition to the wide receiver too fast, but Pittman on the other side, Pittman as a to play Pittman because Pittman kind of hits in that between. I think Pittman's like five seven in terms of his price tag. He kind of burned a lot of people last week going to him outside of Taylor. Maybe he catches a bomb, takes away a drive from Taylor at nine three. That's that's how I think I'm playing this game. I don't know how much Taylor I'm going to have at the moment. Taylor's a smash play, but it's just a matter of can you deal with the opportunity cost of ownership because he's going to be very highly owned and a lot of people are going to have him because he is the best play on the slate, right? Yeah, in terms of on paper, right, he gets the best matchup. He gets probably in, in you know, if you're comparing 
you say him makes an Eckler right now, Eckler, excuse me, uh, probably around the most usage of any running back on the slate. So I agree with that. One other running back I want to get your thoughts on, James Conner. looks like Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins will be back here against the Chicago Bears. But even at home, the Bears defense just hasn't been the same this year. Arizona, a team that likes to rely on the running back, including out of the backfield in the passing game. What are your thoughts on James Conner? Yeah, Connor's ownership looks like it's ticking up. So, like, he might be one of the running backs to where I, I, I – he's in that, like, middling price range. So, he would be someone I look at. I just don't play him a ton. Um, for me, I think I might gravitate to, like, Fournette or Alexander Madison at lower ownership uh, just because of how I'm currently thinking out construction. Yeah, Alexander Madison, we didn't even talk about. He looks like he's going to be highly owned, and he's going to be highly owned because – DraftKings did a good job, priced him up. He's at 7-6, going to be stepping in for Dalvin Cook. Every other time this season he stepped in for Dalvin Cook, he's absolutely smashed. I think one of those games may have been against these same Detroit Lions. So he's an interesting play at lower ownership there as well. So I know that you like Tom Brady. I know that you like Michael Pittman, as I do as well. I think Michael Pittman at 5-7, is perhaps the best wide receiver value on the slate this week. And on our Sunday morning off the chalk show, which goes off at 845 in the morning at Run Pure Sports, runpuresports.com, use RPS Heater 25, you get 25% off your first month's payment. But on that Sunday show, someone in chat, Bobby, asked me, hey, any love for T.Y. Hilton at home? And I said, hey, T.Y. Hilton at home, I said, yeah, I said, but man, am I in back to the future or something? And sure enough, T.Y. Hilton smashes, gets the 100-yard bonus. But outside of Pittman, I know you like Brady. You got to like one of his receivers. Where do you stand on the wide receiver position this week? Yeah, so it's funny you hit the T.Y. Hilton. I I consider T.Y. This would be the week to play T.Y. Hilton if he hadn't gone off last week, right? In Houston, T.Y. has tremendous history versus the Houston Texans. Uh, I, I, I was contemplating playing him last week and I didn't end up getting there. Regrettably wasn't, wasn't fun. Uh, Chris Godwin would probably be my favorite wide receiver on the slate. You're attaching him to Brady or I'm attaching him to Brady in that sense. Keenan Allen's another guy I think's in a great spot. Jalen Waddle coming off a very, very good game last week versus the Carolina Panthers. He's really coming into his own. So I think he's someone you can consider. And yeah, we talked about Pittman. Uh, those would be my guys right now. Maybe Mike Williams at five, seven. Uh, I think he's interesting in that he's probably a guy that everyone's going to gravitate to Keenan Allen and Eckler, but at his price tag, like you can differentiate instead of playing Mixon, you can play chase at seven K and then play him at five, seven. So as like your little secondary correlation stack there. Yeah. I played Mike Williams last week thinking that exact thought process and as well as the fact that, hey, it's been Keenan, Keenan, Keenan every week. Teams are going to catch on and maybe start to give him a little more attention. It's weird what's happened there in San Diego because as they've started to struggle and flounder, they've gone away. And in the middle of that process, Mike Williams was hurt, had a couple of down weeks, but they've gone back to old familiar and they've gone back to just peppering Keenan Allen underneath. So, I don't know. I think one of these weeks, Williams is bound to break out. He's going to be lowly owned because he just hasn't done it. But we're on some of the same wide receivers as well. 
I think Jamar Chase in that game is priced finally a little bit more reasonable. 7K on DraftKings, him and T. Higgins. I think one of those guys is definitely going to have a big game. I side with Jamar here. I like Pittman. I like Cooper Cup. Even at 9.0, as we talked about, I think he's easy to fit. And I think if you go the lower-cost running back routes, and I think that these lower-cost running backs have a lot of upside this week, you can fit in who might be one of my favorite plays on the slate, and that's Justin Jefferson, 8.2K against the Detroit Lions. I think it's a Jefferson week, had a down week in San Francisco. They paid him a bit more attention, and as a result, it was Adam Thielen who had a big week. But I don't think the Lions are capable of giving Justin Jefferson the amount of attention that it would take to slow him down. So I would side Jefferson, Cup, Michael Pittman. I think you can easily fit those guys, especially if you want to go without Washington and lower-priced running back. Kind of correlation, kind of roster construction. What do you think about Justin Jefferson? What do you think overall? Are there any other lower-priced wide receivers out there? For me this season, you mentioned T.Y. Hilton, I think Pittman. But for me this season, it seemed really, really random, the lower-priced running backs to go off. Very difficult to predict, more so than in years past, at least up to this point in the season. Yeah, 1 p.m. Kirk Cousins for Justin Jefferson in a dome. Like, that's a pretty good narrative right there. I, I like the Jefferson call a lot, especially because, of, like you said, like he's leverage off Madison. Like, if Madison gets steamed up, he's immediate leverage off of Madison, and he was flop lag for a lot of people last week in that San Francisco game where in tournaments people were going Justin Jefferson's way, and it just didn't pan out. Uh, yeah, I, I like the Jefferson call. I think it's a really good play, especially if Madison's ownership increases. Uh, and even I hate to say this because I do not play him, but Kirk Cousins, I he's someone I think that you can consider. I, I know people like to play him. I'm not one of them, but this would be the week I may consider him. Yeah, Cousins, not a bad play at all at his low 6K price point on DraftKings. But, and the other thing about Justin Jefferson, the price point eight two, I think people are still kind of unfamiliar or uncomfortable with Justin Jefferson at that price point. They're saying, hey, isn't this a guy that should be like 7-2, 7-3? Not with some of the games he's had. So good picks there on wide receiver. We'll move on to tight end. A lot of options. You've got one guy who it looks is going to be pretty popular. He's going to be subbing in, sitting in for the – Injured Darren Waller. That is uh, Faust, Faustin. Is that how you pronounce his Foster, name? Foster Moreau. Foster, Foster, Foster. Moreau. Some reason I was name, right? Fausto. I don't know. Fausto. Yeah. Like an Italian painter. But uh, <laughs> Foster Moreau. He's going to be 2.7. Uh, and then you have Dallas Goddard in a dream matchup against the New York Jets. A little bit of concern always, I think, right now. Especially with Jalen Hurts' arm and that passing game down the field but if the Devonta Smith is banged up and he misses I think Goddard's a good play what else do you like at tight end I love your call Logan Thomas the top of the show you hit on Logan Thomas 4k uh think you we need do need to talk about Foster though because if he is chalk at that price tag 2-7 which I imagine he would be especially when you play higher stakes so that's just going to go up the construction is just going to lead you to Taylor like that's pretty much Taylor Williams and then I mean, Moreau, Williams, and then and 
Jonathan Taylor are going to hit a lot of the same builds. Uh, so I'd be very careful about how I played that ownership uh, on this slate and what I do. Like Foster Moreau is a great play, but do you end up playing him with both Jonathan Williams and uh, Jonathan Taylor? Uh, I don't think so. Uh, Jamal Williams and Jonathan Taylor. Sorry, I got the J's mixed up. Um, yeah, Logan Thomas would be someone I'm, I'm interested in. Uh, do we know if is it is it Flacco this week? I wouldn't mind Ryan Griffin down at two six. Uh, he seems to go there, and Philly cannot cover tight ends for whatever reason. If it's Zach Wilson, then I have no interest. CJ Uzoma down at three two. I like him. Really keep harping on that uh, Cincinnati San Diego game. Uh, in the Gronk five three. Why not? Maybe people run it back with Kyle Pitts at five six. I, I, there's a ton of ways you can go. How do you, what's your feelings on Pitts? You're an Atlanta guy. Uh, so I think he's a great talent. I think that, and even us at Rum Pure Sports, right? We've wanted it to be Kyle Pitts every week. Week yeah. one, we were like, this is the Pitts week. Week two, this is the Pitts week. The only week he's gone off has been the week when we couldn't play him, except on showdown when he was in the London game. So I, I think what teams, not I think, what teams are doing is they realize, hey, We've got two playmakers on this team, Kyle Pitts and Cordaro Patterson, who is the MVP of the Atlanta Falcons right now. And they say, look, let's focus on stopping Pitts, and they can run Cordy, as I call him, out of the backfield, wide receiver, whatever. Cordy's had his big games. My concern this week with playing any Atlanta Falcons is this Tampa Bay defense is getting healthier. They did lose a safety to suspension today, that's another story that's breaking uh, just a, a little while ago about Antonio Brown and uh, one of the safeties for the Bucks being suspended for the next three games. Probably not as big a deal for Antonio, who was rehabbing an injury, but for the defense. But I think Tampa Bay rushes the line. I think they put pressure, and I think it's just been very, very difficult for uh, Matt Ryan to get outside the pocket and make anything happen. So unfortunately, I think if you're playing Tampa Bay, I don't think it's necessary to have a run back. So, but that's why I think people won't play them at like they're going to play the stack, obviously. But it's so people love to just run it back with a Patterson or a Pitts. Just they in the fifteen dollar, for example, they just want to do that, and it's so it's not clear in this situation. So, I don't know. You can stack them a bunch of different ways. I like yeah. I like Brady to Fournette a little bit. I think Brady Fournette, Evans, Brady Fournette, Godwin. Yeah, I think the Brady stack is definitely in play. I don't think they're going to have a lot of trouble scoring points here. And if not being able to find a run back, because I wouldn't play Cordy Patterson this week. I just don't think it's a week where the Falcons get enough going offensively for him to get to the ceiling that you need in the type of tournaments that we play. As far as the tight end position, I think you can play. Foster Moreau, the Raiders have shown a penchant for wanting to throw to the tight end. They've even targeted Moreau when Waller has been active. So it's not a terrible spot, 2-7, good price. What I would say to your point, though, about not going Moreau and straight up to Taylor and Mixon is maybe do it differently. You play Foster Moreau, and then you play Cooper Cup and Justin Jefferson and you can run that back on the opposite side of your Washington Redskins stack or don't even stack it at all and just pick some other team. Go Stafford, Brady, 
what have you. I think he can do that. Dallas Goddard, definitely in play here. Miles Sanders is questionable, and Devonta Smith is questionable. The news, obviously, will dictate how good a play if Dallas Goddard is. But if Smith is out, I think Dallas Goddard, there's no question, becomes the wide receiver one for the Philadelphia Eagles in a matchup against, it's got to be, right? The Jets have to be the worst defense in the NFL, Bobby, right? They're very bad. They're very bad. I like the point you made with Moreau. So usually I, I the, the tight end that's like 2-7 in tournaments, I just completely X. But he does get the run. So at 2-7, even with Waller in there throwing it to him, he might not be as easy of someone to just completely cross out this week. No, no, I, I think you have to consider him. And I think if you're multi-entering, you should have some exposure to him because that's a game that it's a non-divisional game. The Raiders are coming off a big win on the road in Dallas. Redskins coming off a short week. I can see where there's going to be some points scored in that game. And that's why my top guy is Logan Thomas at 4.0. Played uh, in the game against Seattle on Monday night. Wasn't as involved as he normally is, but now with another week of practice, fully healthy, I think that connection between Heineke and Logan Thomas, Ed and Terry McLaurin, I think that is going to be something that's been pretty good. It's been pretty good against the Raiders the last six weeks, week six through week 12, the Raiders giving up the most fantasy points to opposing tight ends of any team on the slate. And listen, George Kittle, 5'9", against the Seahawks. I think the Niners are going to run the ball, run the ball, run the ball all the way home. And you have Mark Andrews in a divisional matchup against the Pittsburgh Steelers. I just think at this point in the season, we've seen enough evidence here, Bobby, where the higher-priced tight ends, they're not making the tournament-winning builds. It's always been, this season at least, except for two weeks, it's been these lower price tight ends to get the upside out of your running back, out of your wide receivers. What do you think about Kittle, Andrews, even Tyler Higby for the Rams, who at 3-8 I think is now at a price point where you can consider him as well? Yeah, Higby's drop to 3-8 I think is interesting. Uh, Andrews at 6 hey, People aren't going to play Lamar, like Marquise and Lamar or Mark Andrews and Lamar. I don't know why you wouldn't play those guys in tournaments. Um, yeah, and then what? who was the other? Uh, oh, yeah, so Kittle. Kittle for me was someone who I liked. I went down to Garoppolo. I was thinking of playing him, but I, I'm at the point where I just want to play all the Elijah Mitchell as possible. I think he's too cheap for that price tag, and he's even though he's going to be 20% or whatever he's going to be, I just want to be significantly over the field. I completely agree with you. I don't care if Elijah Mitchell is 95% owned. I think he's the best on paper play. He's the best guy that we've seen it out of. And the most important thing, he's got the trust of Kyle Shanahan and the San Francisco staff. And they have shown in the past, when they trust their running back, their running back gets 30 touches. If he gets 30 touches against the Seahawks, you absolutely better have at least exposure to him, if not have him in most of your lineups this week. So agree with that sentiment completely. We'll close it out. We'll move on. We'll get to defenses. Bobby, any defenses standing out to you this week? There's a couple of really good spots. Of course, you can always pick on Zach Wilson, who I think, I don't think it's going to be Flacco. I think it'll be Zach Wilson again this week. 
can always pick on Zach Wilson with the opposing defense. You can always pick on Danny Dimes this season, Daniel Jones with the opposing defense, but looks like he's going to be out perhaps, and you're going to get Mike Glennon starting for the New York Giants against a Miami Dolphins team that just absolutely shredded Cam Newton and the Carolina Panthers. Where do you see the best plays on defense? Yeah, so I'm a big leverage guy on defense. I was actually on the Dolphins last week. I thought that the Cam versus McCaffrey was just hitting everyone's kind of construction, and the Dolphins made for good leverage if you wanted to play them at their price tag. Interesting thing about defense this week, the, the highest owned defenses are all going to be priced up. Washington football team is probably the cheapest defense that I think is like okay to play. Um, a lot of these defenses that are lower aren't in the best of spots. Maybe you can make a case for the Jets. I, I don't want to play. Jalen Hurts is, can make mistakes, but I, I, I'm, I see you shaking your head. Like I, I, It's something I wouldn't go to. I think my favorite D is probably the Buccaneers um, at 14%. The Eagles are going to be the chalk defense. I, I put, say the Bucs, Cardinals, um, and maybe the Vikings, I would say. Those would be the three. But it's, it's different than what it's been all year. We've been paying down, and now we're, I feel like I'm paying up. Yeah, I was seduced into playing the Jets one week this season in a couple of lineups, and I said never again. <laughs> uh, not Definitely not going to play the Texans. I think it's a week where pricing is interesting on the defenses, and I also feel it's a week where I, I think half the defenses on the slate have a better than average chance of scoring at least 10 DraftKings points. I think that's how interesting some of these defensive matchups are. You mentioned who, as of right now, as much as I hate to say it, is my top defense, and it's Tampa Bay at 3-5 because they have the pass rush to get to Tom Brady. He doesn't have the plane uh, – excuse me, to get to Matt Ryan. <laughs> get to Tom Brady. We'd be talking a different talk. But they have the pass rush to get to Matt Ryan, and I just don't see any way Ryan escapes the, pack, the pocket against these guys. And – it's unfair. He doesn't have the playmakers. No Calvin Ridley. The wide receiver number two, who's now the wide receiver number one, is Russell Gage. Even though they don't, want, they don't want to say they're rebuilding, they're definitely rebuilding. So I like them. I like the Minnesota Vikings call. I think they could be interesting. And even the Washington football team at 2-5, Derek Carr is not pristine. Derek Carr is a guy who will make mistakes as well. We've seen him do it in the two-minute drill before halftime where he'll throw it into deep coverage and give up a pick. We've seen him do it at the end of the game and give up a pick. The Raiders offensive line, not one of the best in football. So I do think that even though there's going to be points scored there, I think at 2-5, they could score between 10 and 13 points and be plenty good enough for your tournament lineups on this Sunday. Week 13, we'll find out. It's going to be lucky, going to be unlucky. I think it's going to be lucky for us. I love the prize picks. Bobby, anything else before we get on out of here and enjoy the rest of our Friday? No, I, I think that was a really sharp point you made. These higher total games with the cheaper defenses target them. I two weeks ago I played, I was on the, I played a little bit of the Chiefs versus the Cowboys, and I had both allocation and exposure to those defenses. I think that's the way you can should probably approach it this week um, on this slate. I'm going to ask you on Sunday morning. Which are your top three defenses? Because you had the Chiefs, who everybody was I know. I, I'm good at defense. If, if there's one thing I'm good at in DFS, it's picking defenses. 
It's it's a, it's a it's a it's a crazy thing. It's 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 a crazy thing. I'm a very good. I'm I love for whatever reason. Everyone hates defense. I spend the most time on it. <laughs> it's the highest variance of outcomes. Yeah, I know. Everybody needs a certain skill, Bobby, and hey, not everyone why. can have not everyone can have the same skill. Yeah. So on Sunday morning, I'm going to get at you and say, "Hey, what are your top two defenses?" Because if you had the Chiefs and then Miami last week when a lot of people were playing Cam and a lot more people were playing Christian, Christian McCaffrey, then I want a piece of that. Bobby, where can the people find you? And they can hit you up on Twitter on Sunday morning as well to ask you what defenses to play and any other questions they may have. Yeah, Bobby Gomes, DFS on Twitter. Uh, I got the Millie show with Draft Cheat and Snyder on Saturday nights, and then I'm – Doing my RPS content on Sunday. I think I have a stacks chart. Um, then paying attention to all, all the shows, the big shows. We have the Off the Chalk in the morning with JT Hayes himself, AP. The Woods show at 10, I think it is. And then up to lock with JSU. Great day of Sunday. Uh, great Sunday, like, lineup for RPS. Yeah, great points. RPS, runpuresports.com. Or if you're more into the bets, runpurebets.com. Enter code RPS. Heater 25, you get 25% off of your first month's payment. And as Bobby mentioned, he'll be on the air live tomorrow at 4.30 or 4.45. You got to check the website, but they do a news dump show on Friday night. He does the Millie show on Saturday. And then, as he mentioned, as we've talked about, beginning at 8.45 in the morning, all the way up until NFL Lock, we've got live content talking about the NFL slate at rumpuresports.com. At JT Hayes Jr. on Twitter is where you can find me. Smash the like button if you haven't already. If you have, do it again. That's okay. You'll realize that it takes away the like. Then smash it one more time just to show yourself how much you enjoyed the video. Make sure you subscribe to the Mayo Media Network on YouTube. And while you're at it, go find Run Pure Sports. Subscribe to us as well on YouTube.com. Good luck this week. Lucky Week 13.